As we move from ski season to spring, it's time to get those mountain bikes out. Most ski families use season passes to make skiing more affordable and fun. If your family mountain bikes, there's a new way to save on those adventures too. Make the most of spring and summer in the mountains with Lone Pass, the premier North American mountain biking pass. Lone Pass gives you over 60 days of access to some of the best mountain biking destinations across the country. Use discount code SKIMOMS15 to save 15% off your family's Lone Pass today at LonePass.com. That's L-O-A-M-P-A-S-S dot com. Lone Pass is available in two versions, for kids ages 6 to 11 and the adult pass for ages 12 and up. The pass combines access to the most premier resorts, gets you into bike parks, and connects you to shuttle companies to get you where you need to be. It's the one pass you need to bring the best cycling to your family. Remember, you'll get two days at each of the resorts, parks, or shuttles, making the investment one that will pay off big. Remember to use code SKIMOMS15 to save 15% off your family's loan pass today. Welcome to the Ski Mom Fun Podcast. We're your hosts, Nicole and Sarah. Hi, Brenda. Good morning. How are you? And it's really early where you are. Uh, it's 8.30. Oh, 8.30. Okay. I thought you were oh. three hours behind us, um, but you're two hours behind. Um, and we're both on Sugarbush Mountain, and it is snowing where we are. <laughs> and yesterday, I skied with my Aurora Heat um, liners in my gloves. So I'm so excited to talk to you today about your invention and your business it's it's a real game changer. So welcome to the Ski Moms Fun Podcast. Well, thank you for having me. So why don't you tell us a little bit about um, who you are, where you grew up, and your family's um, history? I grew up here in Fort Smith. I returned to my hometown after almost 40 years of being away. Where I'm in Fort Smith in the Northwest Territories. And this is, of course, way far north for you people um, on this on the 60th parallel. Okay, so right at the edge of uh, Wood Buffalo Park, which is one of the largest parks in the world. Um, Fort Smith is on a river, uh, the great uh, the Slave River, and it uh, travels through to the Arctic Ocean by our community. It's actually the reason why. We have Fort Smith because there's four sets of rapids. I grew up here. I'm 60 years old this year. I am uh, a mother. My children are 32 and 30 years old. I have um, a little grandson. He's going to be two. I, I have to say, I've loved skiing all my life. So I, uh, I'm really happy to be here with you guys this morning. Um, Living in a little town like Fort Smith is very different than probably where you are. I've been very fortunate. I have traveled all over and uh, uh, e even to not to Sugarbush Mountain, but uh, to your area. I, um, I spent some time on the East Coast. Um, one of the things I think, uh, you know, when you ask about who I am, I, I've, I'm 60. I have had a... <laughs> full life of some very interesting careers and experiences. Um, and I think uh, Aurora Heat really is the sum total 
of putting together a lot of skills and experiences, knowledge, and a real commitment to sustainability. Wonderful. So can you just tell us a little bit about um, the, the products and the business that you've developed? Aurora Heat, as you say, is a very simple concept. Found the product. Um, somebody had mentioned it in our Facebook group because Sarah and I have had this conversation. We hate those disposable hand warmers with a white hot yeah. passion. You find them all over the hill when the thaw comes in the spring. Um, you feel bad about using them and the plastic packaging that they come in. It's horrible. And you know, skiers and riders by nature should be environmentalists. I mean, if we want to have... Uh, this pastime for decades and for our grandchildren, we've got to make some real sustainable choices here. And um, this is the first product that I've seen. It's such, it's so so simple. And um, the fact that nobody thought about, of course, a ski mom thought about it. So when did all of those pieces come into place? Well, you know, my son is a huge snowboarder. So my children up in Yellowknife, Yellowknife is even further north. It's even colder there. And it was when he was freezing 40 below that I was like, oh my goodness, why didn't I think of this? And I I took one of the pelts that my dad bought and I cut it up and I stuffed it into all these little nooks and crannies on his gear because he had, you know, pretty fancy 40 below gear, but he was freezing and it made a huge difference to him. And that's when I really, really started to go oh yeah, why aren't I doing this? Because even I had made the switch. I mean, I always had fur, but I was wearing all the name brands for for keeping warm because, you know, the combination is amazing, right? They're one of the furs often can be very heavy. And I didn't grow up wearing a fur coat. I wore trim around. I had fur on my edges. My mom used to put fur into our boots, into our mitts. And these were little pieces of fur that she had from putting fur onto, onto the as trim. Uh, when I first started, honestly, I had forgot or it wasn't embedded that I, that fur lasts for so long. It wasn't until one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years later, people were still using the same ones that I had started them with. And I said, I came to realize the everlasting properties, um, you know, fur is now processed in a different way so that it does last in the old days when you used, um, you know, soaps and things to tan hides, they would break down faster, but now they use more modern methods that allow them the hides to just like, leather, right? It it just lasts. And so that idea that we would have something, you know, just so simple, just motivated me. And I... So your all natural beaver pelt hand warmers and foot warmers from Aurora Heat are meant to replace those single use hand warmers that we see littered all over the mountain. I had used them a bit as well, not a lot. Um, because I did have the furs, but I did try them. And I, I, they sweated in my mitts. They, I did not, I did not at all appreciate the packaging, but it's interesting. You guys, when I went to, um, I wanted to put my product onto Wikipedia, you know, how widespread and accepted, uh, hot shots and are accepted. They didn't even accept that I had a hand warmer made of fur. They rejected it. 
I couldn't put it on Wikipedia. And it just shows that when you Google hand warmers and they describe them, they describe this disposable chemical packet. So I'm really changing the world in that way, that that's going to be accepted. Like my hope is that we, you know, widespread acceptance of fur for warmth. And with its longevity, it's simple. And that's why I try very hard to tell my story so people can hear it, so they can hear the acceptance, the the reasons, the um, the benefits. And then it's people like you who are early adopters that, you know, purchase and have it and use it and share it that make the difference. I was reading about, um, like you said, you know, these, these hand warmers, these toxic chemicals in them, which often um, I've had them explode in my mittens, get all over my hands. I'm sure that's not good. But I was even reading that animals, dogs um, will get into them and get really sick, get their esophagus burned and things like that from these hand warmer chemicals. You know, it's just not, and, and like Nicole said, and you said the plastic wrapping um, and just the vast amount of waste versus your product, which is is much more sustainable as well, both just as a product you use over and over, but also how you, you source and produce it in a sustainable way. Well, it's looking deeper, isn't it? I mean, you can, there are some chemical warmers that, you know, are not as toxic, but they're very short-lived. Why is it that we accept something that lasts seven hours? Why do we accept that we will use something that becomes absolute waste, right? And, you know, some of them, as I say, their chemicals are not so toxic, but their packaging is, and everything that it takes to get to the consumer, you know, all the, the shipment, the storage, the, all of this is at a huge cost. I'm a consumer as well. And so when I buy something, I'm noticing how things are packaged. And I make a very conscious effort. I've actually had people say to me, you know, I was disappointed in the unboxing experience with your product. I'm like, sorry, that's not, I am not going to create a false sense of excitement around receiving a product that you bought and knowing that you were purchasing something sustainable. It's very yeah. simple packaging. Um, I opened it up. It did did have instructions, which were basically one line, you know, put these in your gloves. And so you want, when you slip them into your gloves, I got the set um, that had the thumb warmer because that is something that gets very cold on me. So I slipped that into the thumb compartment on my glove. Um, the first side towards my skin, um, would you call it the, what would you call the other side that's kind of flat? The, the leather. The, the le- leather side. Leather side. Yeah. yeah, the leather side would be towards the wind, you know, towards the base of the glove. And then I slipped the um, larger hand warmer into my mittens because I, I get such cold hands. I prefer mittens because the fingers can all have a party together to stay warm. And it's an amazing feeling when you slip them on. Um, it feels fantastic. And I was like, well, this is fun. You know, at least I'll have cozy fingers I really was not convinced that this was going to work. I really wanted to to test them because I never talk about anything unless I've used it and really believe in it. So I took it out and now I've had it out to the Killington World Cup all day. I was out there for eight hours in the cold. And then I've had four ski days with them in 
And I will never go back to the disposable hand warmers. I was so surprised, but the really the leather, it was a very windy day the other day when I was skiing and, you know, my face was getting the normal cold, but my hands had none of the effect that the wind normally has with them. You know, they, they were, the thumb portion worked great. It's, it's a fantastic product and it just feels, I'm not going to lie. It feels very luxurious to have the fur against your skin as well. The warmth that comes is so, it's regulated by your own body temperature. So you never have an issue of being too hot. It's when I'm on a long ski that I really need them. And I just tip them over just the tops of my fingers. And because the it seems for me anyway, the palms are not cold. It's the tips of my fingers that get cold. And so I'll just curl them over the tips of my fingers in my mittens as well. Works perfectly. We wanted to tell you about our favorite new ski accessory called the Ski Pack. As you know, we're always looking for ways to make getting to the slopes easier for everyone in the family. And we have found that one of the hardest parts of skiing with kids is getting from the car to the lodge with all our gear. So we wanted to share our latest find. It's called the Ski Pack, and it's just like it sounds, a backpack for your skis and poles. There's a reinforced opening at the bottom that's wide enough to allow your skis to go through easily, but prevents the bindings from passing through the opening. It comes in a variety of colors and sizes with adjustable straps, so it will fit most everyone from little kids to adults. It'll last multiple seasons, made out of a really durable, lightweight, and quick-drying fabric. The most important thing is that the ski pack will make skiing easier and more fun for everyone in your family. You can check out the ski pack at puremountainfun.com and use code SKIMOMS2023 at checkout for 20% off your order. Exclusions apply. And now back to our show. Did you did you grow up skiing? Was it, where is the closest um, place for you all as a family to 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 play on the, in the mountains? Well, there are no mountains here. My son was skiing on hills in Yellowknife, and where I I never skied when I was a child. We didn't. It wasn't part of the culture in in Fort Smith. What I did was snowmobile. We snowmobiled all over the place. But when I moved to Yellowknife and had my kids. I became a skiing mom and that's when I started as an adult and um, I loved it. It's all cross country. You know, I started out the very first thing I did when I started skiing was uh, take a course to teach kids. (laughs) So I hadn't even been a skier myself, but uh, that's how I learned. And then our family became skiers and we lived right next to the lake. I just recently bought some new boots and they have more room in the toe than used to be. And that's such a good idea because we're all of our toes freezing. And so now, you know, I, I have three sizes of foot warmers and sorry, three thicknesses. They're slim. That's if you've got really, really tight boots, but the regular and the thick, they don't need much room either. And I really do try to encourage people to go with the regular thickness and the thick, thick, because there is room in there. If, for some of these boots, and it doesn't need much. It's much better than having two sets of socks to have a nice warm pair. And I like to use Merino. And uh, 
and then have the foot warmer at the at the top. So where would you put the foot warmer? You'd kind of wrap it over your toes. I haven't mastered the um, it, it in either. I do cross country ski and I also alpine ski. So how would you put the warmer in a in a boot? Let's take a quick break. Spring is here, and we know even after the snow melts, ski moms love to play outside. Skeeta, our favorite Vermont outdoor accessory brand, has you covered as the seasons change. This spring, Skeeta is celebrating its 16th birthday with fresh prints like the Pastel, Whimsical, and Plein Air collection. Our favorite pieces include the throwback headbands. This headband is made to keep hair and sweat off your face. The single-ply design gathers neatly in the back for maximum styling. Wear it scrunched or lay it flat. It's your perfect partner for any activity where you want a great pop of color and style with minimal fuss. For sunny days, we we adore the Skeeta Brim Hat. This five-panel camp hat is the perfect grab-and-go companion. Made in a lightweight, water-repellent material, this hat is ideal for hiking, camping, and the beach. Whether you are cheering the kids on at a lacrosse game, exploring with your girlfriends, or simply walking in the woods with your loyal pup, Skeeta accessories are there to make Ski Mom life more fun. Save 15% off your order with code SKIMOMS15 at checkout. So it's right on top of your toes. Aurora Heat has a Facebook and the the, the videos are there. There's okay. also a video on the product, product page on how to use them. But it sits on top of your toes. And the reason for this is you need the loft. Think of it like pink, pink insulation. You need that little bit of loft. If you flatten it, there still is warmth that comes. But the best loft is on top of the toes. So you pull your sock on. So you just pull it halfway, right? Yeah. Pull your foot on halfway, stuff it to the end, and then pull the rest your the rest of your sock on. So you you're positioning it on top of your toes, and like you said, you can wrap it around the top of your toes as well. Okay. So so the um, Aurora heat against the skin, pull the sock halfway, then pull the sock up the rest of of the way. So the leather is going to be um, basically touching the sock. The fur will be touching your skin, which sounds very cozy. Well, it's interesting that that leather actually is, you know, it's it's almost like perfect because the leather grabs your sock and it holds it there. You couldn't use, this is not effective with a little cotton sock. You need to use a sock that has, a, you know, a bit of stretch, a bit of grab. Like, like, like a little bit of compression in it. Yeah, a little bit of wool, a little bit of stickiness, and that will hold it there. Yeah, I'm someone my feet are always cold and you know, I've tried the the uh ski boot uh battery liners, um a lot of different things, electric socks. Um but this sounds like something I should definitely try because and I love the idea of it's not only for skiing, I could use it hiking, snowshoeing, watching a ski race on a cold day. Like there's so many uses for it well beyond just skiing. When people look for solutions. Often we're, we're looking for complicated things. You know, I want I, the battery. I need the, um, the chemical. I need something really fur is just a very simple, simple solution. Next year we in development right now, we're working on an insole and that is going to make a really big difference. We've got to use something that has more loft and that's what we're working on. But so can you tell us for for those of us who aren't familiar with what 
what Aurora Heat is um, as a company, what uh, what you make and um, and what you sell. Well, I came up with the idea uh, about seven years ago. I was thinking about it because, well, there was a number of things, but one of uh, one of my primary motivators was my father had passed away, and he was a trapper. And I was lamenting, the, you know, none of us in our family, I have a big family, I grew up with six siblings. And what I thought was there wasn't going to be anybody to continue that legacy. Everybody went on to different careers. And in fact, everybody had left Fort Smith. I decided I was in university, I went back to university when I was 45 years old. And I decided to move to Fort Smith. And I had the idea in my head. And I started to work on it from Fort Smith and with my mother. So the idea came uh, just from this deep knowledge of the power of fur from growing up with trappers. And, you know, it's not just the fur. It's also the lifestyle of being connected to, um, to the animals, connected to that circular way of living. And that is what I, I was brought up that way. I was very conscious of, you know, it's, I find in these times people are really disconnected by where things come from. And I want to be part of the solution. So tell me a little bit about um, the fur trapping heritage. So I'm assuming since you were by a water waterway, that was um, a good place for the family to be to, to source the animals. Um, was it used locally or was this you know a trade that was then kind of shipped different places? And what um, what sort of furs primarily was it was the family working in? So it was my father who was the trapper along with my mother. And so um we are actually in the boreal forest where there is endless streams, rivers, lakes. Um, so water is a huge part of where we are. Um, my parents trapped fur bearers in the winter and uh, in the spring, and uh, they would trap the beavers and hunt beavers and muskrats. So this was, it was very cyclical. I think that heritage, not I think, I know this heritage is deep into our family. And my my father was non-Aboriginal. He was actually a French man who came, his family came oh, obviously originally from France, but they settled in the Peace Athabasca Delta, which is south of where we are. Um, to you, it would seem like a long ways away, but to me, it doesn't. And he, uh, his family were, were trappers. They came and were part of the early fur trade. Um, my mother was, her family, of course, were actually subsistence trappers, as opposed to my father. My mom's Indigenous from uh, Dene Santlane is our, up here, we don't really call ourselves tribes, as we just are the people of this land. And the Dene Santlane are in this area. Um, but it was my father who, you know, their family actively participated in selling furs. I guess I could tell you what it meant to our family that my father was a trapper because he had a, a day job and worked, you know, what they would call here public works, where he looked after the roads and the water system and things like that. He was a kind of a foreman for that. But we had a big family and my mother stayed home with us. And so 
by trapping, they brought in a lot of extra income that allowed us to have a lot of the things that we may not have had. When I think back to it, I think we would never have been in poverty, but we had a lot of extras that other people that had big families didn't have because of what they did. Now, there's another part to hit to his trapping, and that was just the peace and connection to land. You know, he was a very gruff man, but in fact, when he was working with furs and being a trapper and going out and preparing and all of these things, he was very methodical. And I saw a side of him when he was what we call fixing the furs, which is when you bring in the the fur and it needs to be fleshed and cared for and stretched and dried and prepared to sell. You you need a really peaceful you know, it's not work you can rush through. It's not work you can't pay attention to. I I was one of these kids that uh, didn't sleep a lot at night, especially in the early evening. I'd had a hard time sleeping. And I used to go and spend time with him. And that gave me a real love for what he was doing as well, because he was so inviting. And I could just sit beside him and ask all kinds of questions, which Apparently, I was born with a question mark on my forehead. So it helped me to see what peace could come from connection, direct connection with nature. Um, here we have this wonderful natural resource. And instead, we go to petroleum products extracted to, to keep ourselves warm. You know, you often hear that Indigenous peoples lived on this land for, you know, 50,000 years. And it's really difficult for newcomers to realize that and to accept that that was a reality. Everything that was used went back to the land. This is the case with furs. That's how people kept warm. That's how our people lived in the Northwest Territories. This is from the beginning of time. We weren't born with hair or fur on our backs. We were always meant to be in relationship with animals. Love what you were saying about, you know, we replaced a natural product with a petroleum product. So have you always been using, you know, from when you were little, have you always been using the fur to keep hands and feet warm? So tell me, was your family outdoors? Were you very outdoor oriented? Were you a family that played outside and and had a, a real connection with the outdoors? And have you brought that to your family? Absolutely. You know, today it's 30 below here in, in Fort Smith. When I was growing up, and this is a, a, an effect of climate change, we don't have those uh, cold, cold temperatures for as long as we used to. The Arctic is affected far more from climate change than you are in the South. You know, we grew up in a very small home. And so it was the old days where your parents said, uh, out you go. And we went. And, you know, because we were dressed in furs, um, we could stay out for hours and hours and hours and and not be cold. And I did the same for my children. You know, I, I actually homeschooled my kids for the first few years. And it was a nature-based curriculum that I developed. And it was all about being outside and being connected. You know, I, I I never really, this is a while ago, the kids are 30 now. My young adults are 30 now. And uh, when they were children, I was doing very intuitively what came naturally. And it wasn't till now that I see it's such a movement and I love it. And as it turns out, 
Um, I would never have thought this would happen, but my daughter, actually, her partner is a trapper and they live in Wood Buffalo Park and they're trappers, full circle. I would not have expected that. It is a family legacy to be caring for and sharing about the benefits of being connected to land. That that's that's amazing. It's it's so amazing to hear that you 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 taught your children and then that they naturally gravitated back to that and and you've gravitated back to this as well in this this business you started only how many years ago? Seven years ago. So I had the idea seven years ago. Oh, the, okay. You know, I used to say that the tagline on our website used to be authentic Canadian hand warmers. And then we were part of a Shopify and we were lucky enough to be uh, to, to receive what they call a teardown where these gurus look at your website and the, the guy, I'll never forget it because he said, authentic Canadian hand warmers. He goes, that's so boring. And I was like, you know, wow. And he goes, what do people say about your web, these warmers? I said, everybody says they love them. We changed that day to Canada's most loved hand warmers, because that when you look through our hundred and some reviews, the word love shows up every single time. People love them. It makes that much of a difference. And tell us a little bit about who you, how you um, run the business and who you employ. It sounds like you're keeping it very local. Um, you're supporting your local community with as, as you grow. I'm very much a caregiver and a mother. And it was important to me that I hire, I saw that the workforce was going to be people who needed a safer place to work. And I have opened up and created a social enterprise in the way I support the people who work for us. And everybody, well, I should say everybody in our workshop is Indigenous. Every Most of the people who work for me are young, under 30. And I get to be that little mother bear and looking after everybody and making them, helping them to feel good about contributing and being part of something bigger. And, you know, this is a small place. There's only 2,500 people who live here. Um, There aren't a lot of opportunity for work. There isn't another manufacturer, even in the South Slate, this this area. You know, our nearest town is two and a half, almost three hours away. I know even that is only 3,000 people. So there aren't a lot of opportunities for people who have lower skills or lower education, this, I teach them the skills and they hone them themselves. And the sense of pride in creating a handmade product is something that changes their lives, changes their children's lives. You know, a lot of people in this community used to be on what we call income support, where the government, you know, helps for them to, to live because it's recognized there aren't a lot of employment opportunities here and to be an entrepreneur and to, you know, takes a lot of confidence and a lot of risk as an older woman, I could do this and uh, I could provide it for them. And I see the change in everybody that works with me. And it's, it's as motivating as it is to the sales to people like you. I it's, it's important to me to make a difference to everybody. 
I love that, um, that that is just part of your business model. And it seems, you know, it's a part of your personality, you wouldn't have done it any other way, just in our short uh, talk, talk with you. So one of the, the last things we always ask is what um, apres ski look like for you and your family? Um, were there traditions when you would come in from a long ski with the kids? Was there a certain thing that, that you would do? Well, we had, you know, a wood stove was not for aesthetics in our part of the world. And we would definitely go to the wood stove. And we all, my um, husband used to make cinnamon buns for Sundays. And that's what we would have. We'd have those cinnamon buns. We'd be curled around the fire. And it was just a time to really warm up your core and be together. My grandson is here. I'm so looking forward to, you know, I'm pulling him on the sleigh all the time now. But I would, I am so looking forward to when he can ski and snowboard and just be enjoying outdoors in that way. It's part of my idea as I age and slow down, uh, more time, more time will be available to do these kinds of things. And I'm, I'm setting my life up so that I, I do have time to enjoy those things again. That's the wonderful thing about skiing. You can ski till you're 90 and I'm going to. I love I love that. That's a great way to um, to end. But Brenda, we are so thankful for your time and the way you have thoughtfully developed this company. It makes so much sense that you've done this, that you're in your 60s, because I think you've learned so much from your life experiences that you can now put them into this company. And I also think it's a fantastic for our listeners to know that, you know, you, if you've got a great idea, you don't have to you don't have to be 20, you don't have to be 30, you don't have to have startup money, you just have to have the vision and grow it with what you've got. 100%. I encourage everybody to, you know, it, it, it is a mindset um, of always being a contributor and making a difference. And I particularly think as older women, we need to feel that confidence and share it. And we can lean back on what we know to be true, authentic, effective, and sustainable. Absolutely. I think that is the perfect way to end. And we're just amazed at what you've done and your products. And I really can't wait to try those uh, toe warmers and the uh, inserts when they're, when they're launched. So thank you so much. And um, we look forward to sharing this message that I don't really think you know, um, everyone's familiar with. It's really, uh, like you said, we, a lot of us go to these, uh, you know, disposable, easy, one-time use things and really, you know, haven't heard about these types of sustainable options and your message, which is uh, really incredible. So thank you. And we've got a special discount code to share with our Ski Mom community. Aurora Heat is giving us 10% off our orders. Use the code Ski Moms Fun. Enjoy and stay warm. A quick note to make sure you all know about the Ski Moms Fun website and store. We have all sorts of great Ski Mom swag, from stickers to hats, and we're just loving the soft, quick-drying neck buffs. So please check it out. Go to SkiMomsFun.com and click on Store to see all the goodies and get your own. As always, 10% of the profits go to Share Winter Foundation. Check it out. Thank you so much for listening to the Ski Moms Fun Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Head to the SkiMomsFun.com website to check out our swag and find out more about our community. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Ski Moms Fun. 
We'll be back next week with more interviews and insights. Thanks, Snow. No one works as hard as a ski mom. With Mother's Day right around the corner, we want to remind everyone to shop the Ski Moms gift guide for the best ideas. These are the gifts we want to give and get for Mother's Day. Prices range from under $10 for simple treats like notepads to big splurges like a new boot bag. Remember, the big day is Sunday, May 12th, so you want to shop now to make sure everything gets there in time for mom. Visit the SkiMomsFun.com gift guides page or click the link in show notes to see our picks for this year. Make it easy for your kids, partner, or spouse and just forward them the link. Or better yet, treat yourself to something from our expertly curated Ski Mom wish list. Remember, visit SkiMomsFun.com and look for the gift guide page. Mm-hmm.